0: just really happy for our locker room we had a lot of guys out today and it was cool to see a lot of young guys get their first opportunity to to go out there and play and make some big time contributions
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills
2: I don't know how many of you watched Sunday night football last night. It's kind of hit or miss with me for Sunday night football. I will always watch the first quarter. I will almost always watch the entire first half. Whether I stick it out until the variant eh, depends on the week. Like if the Packers play at noon and then there's a big three o'clock game, we get close to 830 and I'm like, I got to I got to get some things done. I, I got to clean the kitchen or put laundry away or play video games, go for a walk, anything. Sometimes I fade a little bit during Sunday Night Football, but I spent most of my day yesterday in the car, driving back from being with family and Thanksgiving, so I didn't get home until, like, halftime of the Bills-Eagles game. So I had just started to get my fill of football when Sunday Night Football rolled around. Like, I, I was still ready for more. It's like, I've barely seen any football today. Give me more. Sunday Night Football starts. Ravens Chargers, and Mike Tirico pops onto the screen, and Jason Garrett is sitting next to him, not Chris Collinsworth. They didn't tell us that. Andrew Marchand or awful announcing none of the sports media bloggers not even Jason Barrett knew they pulled it over on us NBC and people free like people were pissed and maybe it's just that people on the internet were pissed everyone on the internet's always pissed but most of the reaction that I saw Jason Garrett sucks this blows I'll tell you what I had a good time I <laughs> I, I got a kick out of it I don't know it was something different it was something fun last night here we are we're talking about it We're having fun conversation. I I don't know. Everyone climbed down out of Jason Garrett's butt. I actually think Jason Garrett's okay on TV. And I think when all is said and done, he might have a really long, really successful career in TV. He's never going to be Pat McAfee, but could he be the next Howie Long? Very, very prim and proper and stoic. And like you put him next to the Terry Bradshaw on the desk, the Terry Bradshaw zany, and then Jason Garrett's all stoic and serious. I think of a long career in TV. It's not like he was the best announcer ever last night, but, gee, the the scrutiny that people put television football broadcasters on, color commentators, the scrutiny that we put on these guys. It's like they're the president of the United States. Everyone hates him no matter what they do. So I stand in defense. I stand in solidarity with Jason Garrett last night. Was he outstanding? No. But should we really care? Also, no. I will will stand with Jason Garrett. He always is a home on... On the show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I wanted to I wanted to put a statement of support out for Jason Garrett because I don't know. Everyone was losing their mind last night. It's like he's fine. He's fine. Legacy game for Tarico, by the way. I thought Tariqo last night stepped his game up, helped out Jason Garrett a little bit, threw him some softballs, helped him in. I I thought last night was a real coming-of-age game for Mike Tariq, a real debutante ball for Tarico, if you will. He's always been very good, but I've never really been willing to put him with Buck or with Nance, which, by, speaking of Jim Nance, I thought Tony Romo was actually pretty good yesterday for as much scrutiny as he's always under. I thought he was pretty good. So I, I am on team. Stop dedicating so much negative mental energy to the men in suits that broadcast football games. I think most of them are fine. I prefer Buck and Aikman most of all. Sometimes Romo can get a little wordy. And Jason Garrett was a little dorky at times, but that's fun. That's human. Everyone calm down. That's uh, announcer talk here on the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Like I said, on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you would like to find me and tweet me during the show or anytime. I also tweeted a very funny clip. I guess I could play it for you. (laughs) I rewinded my TV last night to get this clip of Jason Garrett. They're going to break. They're playing a Christopher Cross song as a bumper. They're panning out a nice shot of the ocean highlighting Southern California because the game was at SoCal last night. Or not uh, SoCal, <laughs> SoFi. Uh, it was in Southern California. And they're, and and Trico's trying to set up this very poignant, very dramatic sweeping ending. And listen to Jason Garrett here. If you missed this last night, I tweeted this video out at Wisco Grant if you want to see it. But listen to Jason Garrett. Just stomp all over it. day. What a
3: hang time, sunset time best time out here
2: in
1: southern
2: california pretty nice pretty nice it's like borat oh my god made my night laugh. this is what happens with my brain on sundays when the packers don't play by the way these are the things that i get distracted about we'll talk more about the nfl at large i want to go on a little bit of a rant i want to talk about some of the games and teams that i watched yesterday the eagles the bills the chargers maybe the jets uh i want to do a little bit of an nfl whip around coming up at some point during the show of course we're going to talk packers that's where i want to start we could talk badger football as well and ben kenny's going to be here at 5 30 uh because as i looked at 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 my notes and what i had kind of saved from over the week and i'm like oh there's a ben kenny thing oh there's a that's something that ben kenny's obsessed with that's something he'd want to talk about so i just text him i'm like look i'm looking at my rundown I got like four or five Ben Kenny things here. If you're if you're free tonight, we'd love to have you. So we're going to talk a little college football, Iowa, Nebraska. The, I'm coining that the Ben Kenny Bowl. That was Friday. We'll talk a little Big Ten West as that conference is, is now retiring. Uh, maybe we can talk about the retirement of the Pac-12 as well. Maybe the final four in the college football playoff, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan. We could talk about the Iron Bowl. Some coaching vacancies. Michigan State has their coach. Who knows with Texas AM? and it seems like the internet kind of bullied them off of hiring the Kentucky coach, which is hilarious. So Ben Kenny going to join us at 530. Look forward to that. The number to call, I'll open up the phone lines here in about 15 minutes if you'd like. 608-321-1670. That's the number if you'd like to join the show. Before I talk about the Packers, it's the team I want to start with tonight. And before we get to college football, maybe a little Bucks, touch of MLB, loaded show. Before we get to Ben Kenny. Before we do, I need to wax poetic. You need to give me two or three minutes to talk about the holiday, eh, the celebration that is Thanksgiving. Didn't really do this last week. A lot of sports radio shows, we'll talk about, you know, what are the best sides, what's an overrated. It's all good. I love all Thanksgiving. It's all great. We didn't do any of, of that type of discussion last week. But I want to talk about Thanksgiving for two or three minutes here to start the show because Thanksgiving to me is like LeBron in that it's so good. And it has been so good for so long that we don't talk about it anymore. We've just accepted it. It's just become commonplace. We take it for granted. My family Thanksgiving celebration is perfect. My family, and I, like, Grant, that's your opinion. No, it's, it's fact. I'm telling you, my family has got this down to a science. It's small, but it's big enough to feel special. There's no young kids. Thank God. With If you have young kids, I'm sure they're adorable, but come on. My parents are there, my siblings, my grandma, my aunt and uncle, who are also my godparents, but they don't have any kids, so it kind of feels like we are kind of their adopted kids when they want to do things with kids, but then I, they also obviously didn't want kids, so they're like, mm, we've had enough kids so they can leave at the end of the day. It's a good system for them, too. And my neighbor, my neighbor who lives by himself next door to my parents, walks over. It's great. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it six to nine people somewhere in that window, five to 10 people, no young kids. Perfect. Because you don't have a big enough family where feuds start to, oh, you got to worry about this person, v that person, and what's this person going to do? Oh, do we have toys for that person's kid? Nothing, none of that. And last Thursday, there was a moment. There was a moment where I'm standing, waiting to dish up my plate, where I'm in my own head, I'm thinking to myself, this is, Grant, This is this is it. What you're about to do This might be two or three of the best hours of the entire calendar year. By the way, my family starts to gather around 1130 noon. We eat at around one. If you're doing Thanksgiving dinner at 5 p.m., again, I don't want to tell you how to live your life. You're doing it wrong. Do it earlier in the day while the sun is still out before everyone gets sleepy, and then you can kind of have dinner. You uh, You can have dessert. You can have coffee, and it's still light outside. People aren't traveling in the dark if they don't have to go too far. Move your Thanksgiving celebration earlier on in the day. It's much better. The Packer game is on. The sun is shining outside. I have my plate in my hand, ready to to walk into the kitchen and and to to load it up with everything: mashed potatoes, buns, green bean casserole, ham, turkey. It's all good. There's no overrated Thanksgiving foods. There's no gross Thanksgiving. It's all good. And in my head, I thought this is this is as good. This is just about as good as it gets right here. The 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 two to three hours, the hour of cocktails together with family going into Thanksgiving lunch slash dinner i'm calling it dinner but we do it earlier in the day sitting around the table eating go get a second plate it's it's just the it is the it is the best okay and we don't say that we don't talk about that anymore because it's it's like lebron or i had a conversation with a friend this weekend it's like frank caliendo you ever watch frank caliendo's videos that he tweets they're unbelievable but frank caliendo has been frank caliendo for so long we don't even pay attention to it anymore thanksgiving not only is it the best holiday I don't even think it's a close second place. I don't even know what holiday would be second. Maybe Christmas, and I love Christmas, but it's not close. It's not even close. And nobody nobody says that because we're so used to Thanksgiving. So I wanted to start with a little Thanksgiving message. Thankful for all of you. Uh, Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for giving me last Thursday and Friday off, dealing with the best of. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It really is that good. And it's like, sometimes I need to remind myself, LeBron is what I'm seeing right now is unbelievable. He's year 21 in the league and he's still doing crazy things on a nightly basis. Yeah, I'm in year 25 going on year 26 of life. And I need to remind myself Thanksgiving. Oh, Grant, before you scoop up that first scoop of food, take a moment, take a deep breath and appreciate what you're about to do because this is as good as it gets. Happy Thanksgiving. I know we didn't get to talk last Thanksgiving. We talked Wednesday, but I hope you had a good holiday. Thanksgiving was great. The Packers won. The Packers didn't need to win for Thanksgiving to be great. We talked about this last Wednesday. It's like, well, if the Packers do this and this and this, this game will be a success, even if they lose, right? They were touchdown underdogs. We talked about how ways in which this game could be a success, even if the Packers would win. Thanksgiving was great. The game was great. I didn't think the Packers needed to win for the game and for Thanksgiving to be great. In fact, when they took the ball and scored to start the game, I thought, all right, I got an old-fashioned in my hand. I'm like, okay, we've had our fun. If the rest of the game is is downhill, then this was this was the gravy. This is icing on the cake. Whatever we get after this is is a free. It's, it's icing, like I said, on the cake. It's, we went up 6 or 7 to nothing. The offense clicked. It was an exciting start. I said, that's it. If that's all we get today, I'm happy. And then they went up a few more scores, and they forced some turnovers. And over the course of the afternoon, it just got better and better and better. And I'm almost willing to plant my flag on the take that this was one of the most Fun Packers wins in a couple of years. It was unexpected. It, it, was, it was not required. So many wins in the Aaron Rodgers area, and this is no fault of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they were required, right? It, it was expected. So when the Packers would win, you're like, well, they should have won. Good. All right. Now I can move about my day. I don't have to stop and be thankful for this and appreciate what this is. This year's been a little bit different. This win was not expected, especially on a short week with injuries against that team, a divisional rival. I I just, this was one of the most fun Packers games I've watched in years, and it helped to watch it with family and to have a bunch of food. I think three Packers deserve so much credit. And I want to start the show by giving credit where credit is due. Love is not one. We're going to talk about Jordan Love, but I want to set Jordan Love aside and talk about three other individuals that I think each deserve a mountain of credit. Start with number one. Number one is Malafleur. It has seemed this season like I'm in the minority. I think Malafleur's a really good coach. He's not perfect. I'm not saying he's the best coach in football. I don't. I don't think any football coach in the NFL is perfect. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is perfect. I don't think Bill Belichick is perfect. And we're talking about all the reasons this year that Bill Belichick's not perfect. No coach is perfect. Every coach has strengths and every coach has weaknesses. I think the weaknesses of Matt LaFleur can be uh, covered up by the right assistant coaches and the right players and the right approach. No head coach is perfect. Matt LaFleur is no exception. But I think Matt LaFleur is a really good football coach, and he gets all the credit. And I don't mean all. Uh, Lots of people deserve credit. But give him all the praise. Give him all the flowers and all the credit for short week, for dealing with injuries, Aaron Jones. For a divisional rival that's had the Packers' number for years. This is not a team that the Packers have been beating. Nationally televised, standalone game. It's easy to beat the Chargers when no one is watching. And it's easy to play a pretty good game against the Steelers and lose when no one is watching. Now people's antenna is up a little bit. Is there something here with Jordan Love? Is it, were we wrong? Maybe he can play a little bit. National TV, whole country's watching. Ready from the jump. Opening drive, they were ready to go. They were ready. They were dialed in. They were all on the same page. The scripted plays worked really for the third week in a row. I thought, hey, whatever they worked on during the week, it worked. It translated into the week. All the credit to Matt LaFleur, and it shouldn't totally shock us. I think some of Matt LaFleur's best coaching performances have been on a short week with injuries against a really good team on the road. So nothing new for Matt LaFleur, but he deserves all the credit in the world for that win on Thursday. Number two, three people deserve credit. Number two. Christian Watson, baby, we talked about it for probably an hour plus last Wednesday. Said this would be an awesome week. This would be the perfect week for Watson to break out. They're without Aaron Jones. We thought they were maybe going to be without Dontavian Wakes. Turns out he ended up playing, or he, yeah, he ended up playing. Right? It's a couple days ago. It was a lot of wine, but the Packers short week, down a couple guys, and Christian Watson from quite literally the opening play is ready to go. And then the touchdown later on in the game, third down off a turnover, big swing play. If the Lions get a stop, they're still right there. Christian Watson hauls it in. Jordy Nelson-esque over the shoulder. We used to see Rodgers and Jordy Nelson hook up on those balls all the time. What an awesome game for Christian Watson. Couldn't have happened at a better time. Here's Matt LeFleur talking about Christian Watson, his big game. This is after
0: the game. I told Christian right before the game, I said, hey, there's a good chance this play is going to go to you. Just go up and attack the football. And he did exactly that. So he had a big time game today. That was good to see for him. I think just, I know he's hasn't been flawless up to this point, but I, I thought he came up big today and made a lot of critical catches.
2: Uh, correct. Everything in that answer, correct. And, and I, I think Watson needs that approach. Go up and attack the football. Go up and get it. When the ball is in the air around you, it's yours. Go get it. Attack it. Get after it. It's, you have the right to go get that football. No one else does. That's the approach. Don't wait for it to fall like a, like a, like a bright red maple leaf in the fall, in the, in the breeze, fall gently into your hands. That's not how football works because the throw's not always going to be perfect. And sometimes the cornerback gets away with a little tugging and a little pushing. It's not always prime perfect conditions. Go get the ball, push through all the other stuff and go get, it's your job. Go get it. And he did on that opening plane. It wasn't a perfect throw, but it's not always a perfect throw. Ton of credit. owed to Christian Watson after last Thursday. So excited to see how the next, what do we got? Six games left, six games left on on the schedule. I believe so excited to see what he's able to do. If he's able to build on this five catches, 94 yards, touchdown. Lastly, I said three Packers deserve a lot of credit, and we haven't even talked about Jordan Love will do that, I'm I'm sure, throughout the rest of the show when we get to some of your calls, but another Packer that deserves credit before we take a break, Rashawn Gary. Thrilled watching him play last Thursday. He took over the game. He took over the game. I used to pray for times like this. Every week, I'm like, I want to see him put his footprint on this game. I want to see him announce himself. I want to watch this game and say, oh my God, Rashawn Gary is everywhere. And we got it. It's a big part of the, the locker room celebration we saw after the fact. Here's Matt LaFleur and his post-game presser talking
0: about Rashawn Gary. It was huge for him to come back to the place where obviously last year it was, it was a pretty emotional experience. And then he experienced a different kind of emotion today to have three sacks and just really happy for him and, and our whole locker room.
2: All the credit in the world to Rashawn Gary. So before we take a break, this season is not just about this season. We're trying to answer questions for 2024 and beyond. Right? Obviously, Jordan Love. Right? We've been talking about him all year. We're also trying to figure out what's Matt LaFleur's future? What's his outlook? What's he capable of? And if the final two months of the season look a lot more like this, I'll think, oh, we well, just needed a little time to make it work with some young guys. And he got everyone to rally. He absorbed the trade of Rasul Douglas. That kind of thing can really harm a locker room, and he finished the season strong. Also, Rashawn Gary. Also, Christian Watson. Can Rashawn Gary be the number one pass rusher on a defense that contends for a Super Bowl? Can Christian Watson be the number one wide receiver on an offense that contends for a Super Bowl? These are the things we're trying to figure out, and I think we're a long way from being sure on exactly what Jordan Love is and what he can be, but I thought that Thanksgiving game was a massive feather in the cap for Matt LaFleur. For Sean Gary and for Christian Watson, who are all trying to show: hey, I can be a big part of this team and whatever comes next for this team as we try to get back into shape to contend for a championship. Let's take a three-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: sports show Ben Kenny to join us in about an hour and five hour 10 minutes so if you're a college football fan and you're like we never talk college football on the show well we're gonna Michigan Ohio State I'm sure Ben will want to talk about Iowa Nebraska as well and I'm I'm sure that's worth talking about if only because it was like the perfect send-off to the Big Ten West in its final year so we'll talk about that some big college football storylines and Ben's Eagles won yesterday afternoon and I think the Eagles are very good. I don't really have an issue with the Eagles, but I kind of want to find an issue with the Eagles so I can try to get Ben going. So that's my goal of the next hour or so is to figure out what kind of straw man argument I'm going to cook up so Ben has something to get mad and and to fight with me about. So that's coming up later on in the show. Lots of interesting NFL storylines outside of Green Bay. So I want to do that in a little bit. A little around the NFL, a little whip around. uh, Like fastest two minutes style. Uh, except I'm not Chris Berman and we won't do the music. But a, a couple games yesterday, specifically Bills, Eagles, and Chargers, Ravens last night. Maybe the Jets too, because I'm honestly amped to see what Aaron Rodgers says on McAfee tomorrow. I'm to the point now where it's like it's entertaining watching this happen with another team. So I'm looking forward to that. 608, 321, 1670. I said three Packers that deserve the most credit for Thursday Matt LaFleur, Christian Watson, Rashawn Gary. As not to say Jordan Love doesn't deserve credit, I thought he was excellent but we've been waiting for a Sean Gary to take over a game, and he did it, and I love to see it. And we've been waiting for Christian Watson to pop off, and he finally did it, and it was awesome. And Matt LaFleur on a short week with injuries, against a rival, nationally televised, on the road, was awesome. So those are my three biggies. I'm sure you might have your own. Let's take some calls, 608-321-1670. Cohen Roller, Cohen, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving?
4: Grant, I had a great Thanksgiving. Um, At this point, I'm a little sick of turkey as a leftover, uh, just time to throw that one away, but you know, with getting Ben Kenny on, you know, maybe you guys can hash out why you hate the Eagles.
2: I, okay. I don't hate the Eagles. I wanted to see the Cowboys beat them and they didn't. And then who almost got them last week? Oh, uh, the chiefs. And that made me mad. And then yesterday, like the bills were up 10, and they were cruising. And I, I just feel like these teams, they keep letting Eagles off the hook. And I guess it's something personal against the Eagles. I, I just hate watching a team get away with it. They can't keep getting away with it. And they keep getting away with it.
4: You think they're getting away with it? I mean, Jalen Hurts is what? 34 and three or 31 and three or four, something like that. He has less than five losses in his NFL. Sports. Yes. So. I think they just got a winning DNA and you know, you and Pete Bukowski and all your numbers just can't measure, can't measure winning and heart. And that's what the Eagles have. They're juggernauts.
2: They, they are, but, but even juggernauts lose every once in a while to other good football teams, except Marquez Valdez scaling drops a touchdown. Josh Allen misses a touchdown. It's like, well, the Eagles are going to lose one of these and the Eagles made lots of winning plays, but they still got help from their opponents. We don't, we don't need to argue about this. I don't even hate the Eagles that much. I just, I feel like they are escaping natural NFL variants while other teams aren't and that's unfair and when I see an injustice cone I need to call it out that's just my that's the type of man I am
4: Uh, that's fair I don't know how far that's going to get you with Kenny but looking forward to that discussion as uh, as, as well with college football because great weekend of college football I thought almost better than NFL question mark
2: I watch more college football I think my my two cents and, and I was in Minneapolis I was at gopher bars during this game with some friends and family I thought Braylon Allen legacy game. I thought he did so much. If that's the last game he plays as a Badger, I will I will blow a kiss and wave him goodbye as he leaves Madison because he left us with an awesome gift. Even at the end of a disappointing season, able to help us lock down the axe, beat Minnesota. Thank you, Braylon Allen. Literally, and I say it without sarcasm, a Braylon Allen legacy game on Saturday.
4: I agree 100%. I think, you know, it hasn't been the greatest season for the Badgers, but to get the axe, like, once we're out of Big Ten West contention, that that's our only goal this year. Yep. To get the ax and to shut P.J. Fleck up and hear him talk about student-athletes, I did like that part, you know, how he brings in <laughs> men to, to develop men Damn in all it. facets of life. I, I really do respect that about P.J. Fleck. I think he makes a better maybe AD than a head football coach, but yeah. he's still kind of an uh, enable.
2: Mega uh, church uh, pastor. Those traits would also work well in a setting like that. Uh, I would tend to yeah. agree.
4: But yeah, I think Braylon Allen—he's gone. You know, you don't—you usually only see seniors chop the axe. So to see him get a couple hacks at the goalpost, I think the writing's on the wall. He—he's probably going to the NFL. Not sure what his NFL career looks like, but Sad. I think he's gone.
2: Could he have a Corey Clement-esque career, perhaps? I don't know. He's just someone who peaked. I don't want to say he peaked early, but he hit his physical prime so early. I—I I, just—I don't know. I don't know what his draft stock, I don't know what his career at the next level is going to look like.
4: Some are asking, is is, his, is he too muscular? Is he too big to be playing running back?
2: Yeah, yeah. Some are. I, Vagabond John, I think, has pointed that out. Some, some. He said that Braylon Allen would have made an awesome linebacker. I think that was Vagabond John's take from a couple of weeks ago.
4: And, and my last take on Thanksgiving as a whole is, you know, you're with your uncles and aunts and all these kind of casual sports fans. And that's where you really hear a lot of bad takes about the NFL, about the Packers. So to have a week full of Wisco sports show, you know, that's what I'm thankful for. some Rational takes and good takes because I'm sick of hearing my uncles spew off on all these armchair quarterback takes.
2: Oh, my God. I love it. Appreciate you, Cone. Nice to hear from you.
4: Yeah. Have a good
2: one, Grant. Yeah, you too. Cone roller, 608-321-1670. I, I don't think there were many casual takes being being spewed. It was such a low-key viewing. Like, if this is the Aaron Rodgers Packers, if this game is last year or two years ago, it's stressful, and we're all sitting on pins and needles. But I'm just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. A- except for when the Packers got up a couple of scores, and then I needed them to win this game as badly as I've ever needed anything in in my life. But I, I can get it. You get a couple of drinks in the... In the crazy uncle, and he can really start, uh, How you know, you're paid millions of dollars, you're a professional athlete. How do you drop that ball? Like, well, I watch MVS do it. I mostly watch teams against the Eagles do it. That's that's why. That's why. It's not the Eagles that I hate. It's what keeps happening to the Eagles that irks me. They are but a vehicle for a, a problem that I have. It's, it's not them. I do want to try to get Ben going because people do rip on the Eagles and say they're winning these games on luck. I don't believe that, but I know that some people do, so maybe we can get Ben going on that in an hour. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
5: Grant, do I have good news for you? What's that, Vagabond John? John. The Eagles have the 19th-ranked defense in the NFL. So, if you're going into the playoffs, can you really feel confident going against that AFC in the Super Bowl that you can win having the 19th best defense
2: in the NFL. Some of their, a lot of their passing statistics are way worse than 19th. If you break it down in individual categories, the Eagles have, have a weak defense. Good D line, good pass rush. A lot of star power up front. Big, big game, big play players. But that back end, you, you can pass on them. And are you about to draw some connection to the Packers and Joe Barry? Please, don't let me get in your way. Oh.
5: You said his name. I mean, the best thing about a defensive coordinator, the way you know a defensive coordinator is probably going to keep his job is when people aren't talking about the defensive coordinator. Correct. And I think you leaving him off off the list is totally fine. I I, I like giving Gary the nod from the defensive front. But that SOB just took the number two (laughs) offense in the NFL, has a practice squad as a secondary and absolutely puts Ben Johnson in a pretzel. Yeah. All while the announcers drooled over him the entire time. That was like, that was Vagabond John, you know, fan fiction, that game. The way the announcers just drooled over Joe Barry's scheme. I could just feel the tension with Packer Nation uh, uh, dealing with that and having to watch that on the screen. So that was, that. I enjoyed that thoroughly.
2: Well, they really got after Jared Goff and against that offensive line. Right. I, I I don't really understand how it happened. And and maybe this if I learn a lesson from this NFL season, vagabond, John, maybe it's that we don't know what we think we know. Because we thought we understood the Raiders matchup and then a couple of weeks later I'm looking back like, Oh, maybe that wasn't so bad. We thought we understood the Broncos matchup and how bad of a loss that was. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, eh, maybe not the end of the world. Right? A defense that we think is horrible or a defense that we think is great can look completely different two or three weeks later and not in a million years would I have expected Rashawn Gary to bust out against that Lions offensive line I mean they're great and yet they did so maybe the lesson is we don't know as much as we think we know it's about when you play a team not the team necessarily that you're playing it's just a lot of things were very surprising defensively on Thursday and and Joe Barry gets credit for that and so do his players
5: yeah, and I think uh, when you're watching the Eagles game and you see the Buffalo Bills just go into all, you know with old school Wisconsin Badgers style and just average eight yards for carry down the field, you're thinking, yeah, you know maybe when teams just focus on a thing, they're good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I think uh, to your point, I-, I think we do know a lot, and uh, and you've always said Rashawn Gary, we need him to stand up. That's going to be the biggest thing that changes this defense. And I think an individual pass rusher. We look at T.J. Watt. We look at Miles Garrett. We look Mm -hmm. at the Poster Brothers. Mm -hmm. When you have a difference maker that can absolutely wreck an offensive line, just one, uh, it makes everything a lot easier. So I love that game. Obviously was at the Axe game. Uh, Minneapolis as a whole sucks uh, just because how do you only have three bars within walking distance? College
2: football stadium, dude. Okay, so I was not. It's not TCF Bank anymore, right? It's it's a different bank now.
5: Huntington. Huntington Bank. I saw.
2: I saw that on the TV. I was like, wait, is it not? Not only is it not TCF, but I thought I had like a one of those THC beers because you know, liberal Minneapolis, all that stuff is legal. That's a joke. All that stuff is legal up there. We started a pregame at some friends. They live downtown Minneapolis, not uptown. That's different. Not North Loop. That's different. Those are all different. But like a couple blocks from Target Field. We go down there on the 20th floor. We go down to street level. There's not, There's nothing. There's no bars to walk in and out of. It's just big concrete walls and windows. And sure, Target Center's right there and First Stab's right there. But it's not like there's sports bars to walk in and out. It, it's a very it's a very professional and business-like uh, and architectural downtown. Not a ton to do. Gophers fans were, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it all. I didn't really love it, but I was with friends, so that was fun. I didn't know you were in the city. Otherwise, I would have dropped you a, a Twitter DM.
5: Oh, I was busy. But, yeah, that city just sucks ass. I mean, how do you have a small stadium like Huntington Bank, and it's only half full? I don't know if anybody else is at the game that's calling in today, but the upper level, I have, I've have—I've gone to every Big Ten stadium now except for Penn State, and I guarantee you that's not going to be half empty. But I've never been in a stadium that empty, and it's in a massive city. People just don't care about sports. They only care about, you know, which political meeting are they going to go yell about next. And it's just, uh, I just... I didn't have a good time, and I'm putting officially West Lafayette above Minneapolis as college sports towns.
6: Interesting. So that's all right. Interesting. Those
5: are the two away games I went to this year. So I'm gonna put out a full guide maybe in the off season of uh, big ten towns and what to look for, but that's uh, that's an
2: off season topic. Hey, let's uh, no, let's save that for, for all star break. The MLB All Star Break next year. We'll do that, okay? I'll have you on for like ten minutes and, and you can give us your list. Perfect grant. All right. All right
5: uh go pat go 46 percent chance at the playoffs. we're alive and we've got a practice squad in the secondary let's go Patrick Mahomes, bring it on
2: i'll take it appreciate you Vagabond john i uh i'll let you go i love that he said well i would have dropped you a line and he goes well i was busy but okay <laughs> never mind one more call we'll take a break 608-321-1670 wisco sports show who's this hey grant What's clem head thing? mike oh just just three heavy hitters right here to start the show how are you oh. today
4: I followed the two heaviest hitters. That was pretty cool. I think we, you know, I have no horsepower or no, uh, no pull anywhere, but I'm going to suggest that we, uh, elect vagabond. John as a commissioner in the big 10. I, I, like I said, I have no power, but what the hell I'll give it a shot.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, he just brings good common sense. He's never overreacting yeah. to anything. I appreciate his takes.
4: Yeah. I, I, you know, I hate when someone has to spend time in the people's Republic of Minnesota and, um, it's just sad, but
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very, I've, it's I've, very I've, different. It's very different it. than Madison. It's very different from Milwaukee.
4: Yeah, I know. I was just watching some YouTube videos, and I don't want to get too political, but the, they, they interviewed a bunch, a whole bunch of uh, Minneapolis police officers during the Black Lives Matter riots, and they, the, all the police officers were told not to arrest anyone, back off, um, just let it happen. Was that
2: the uh, the the fall of Minneapolis thing? That I where did I even see that? I've seen the. Yeah, the
4: police chief told them back off. Don't touch. Don't do anything. And my uh, niece's um, husband worked for one of the surrounding suburbs police departments, and they were called in there to to help. And this his partner got shot in the hand, and they you know they they backed out. And uh, about six months later, he quit the force. He's got a good job now, working as a um, in construction as a supervisor. He mm-hmm. said, it, They won't support us. I'm not going to be a cop anymore. So, good for that anyway, individual.
2: Anyway, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, I, en- I enjoyed. I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. I enjoyed mine. I- it was kind of nice seeing all the people at the at Thanksgiving. Just see, that niece, I worked on her car. That niece, I worked on. I just made people. No, I think I made people's lives better, and that's what it's all about. So,
1: <clears> <I don't> want- <throat> you know, I
4: don't want to sound brainy, but <laughs> I said, oh, it's- I'm just glad to be here. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. So, um, and I got to watch the entire Packer game, and then we went for Thanksgiving. So I didn't eat till later. So I, uh, I uh, so I could concentrate completely on the game. I kind of like to watch games by myself.
2: It's nice. Right. It's pretty relaxing, isn't it? You find you find that you're not yelling, and and it's just it's pretty relaxing. I know I, what you mean.
4: I still yell. I, I got my phone backer brick. I still
2: <laughs> yell and still things. But well, then um, you don't <laughs> have to worry about other people listening to you yell. Look at it that way. <laughs>
4: that man's insane. Yeah. Nuts! grab them what oh my <laughs> but God. uh i i watched the i watched the eagles and, and buffalo bills game you know russell douglas he could have i i honestly he, he could have had a interception maybe he couldn't see the ball over his shoulders but if he would have extended a little his arm yep. a little bit maybe he could did you see that he missed the ball by about a foot but i think he could have had that i don't think he made a huge effort um i was saying maybe there's more to this russell douglas thing in the packers than we thought and uh I didn't want to make that the focus of my call but I was just thinking maybe factors didn't really miss rasul maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes that we'll never know about maybe even mike clemens
2: doesn't know about oh well that means then it really it goes all the way up to the vice president basically at that level if mike clemens doesn't know like that's that's inner 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 circle i i I just think the packers are like well we're not winning and rasul douglas doesn't seem particularly happy so let's play some of the young guys and and i and i give this team credit mike because we saw you know the josh Hader trade different i know But you're losing a guy in the middle of the season. Sometimes locker rooms never recover from that. And it took about a week, and the Packers had moved on. And that's what your guy, Mike Clements, he specifically said. It's like they don't really miss him in the locker room.
4: You and I talked about this before. There's good kind of loud guys and bad kind of loud guys. And um, overall, maybe he was the bad kind of loud guy. And uh, maybe they're better off without him.
1: Who knows?
4: So he's that skillful and he's on his third team, you know maybe that's maybe
2: that's why he's bounced so, around a lot i gotta run because i'm late for a break mike i'm sorry that you drew the short straws the final caller this segment but i gotta run glad you had a happy thanksgiving
4: yeah well i'll be late happy thanksgiving i'll uh talk to you later yeah
2: appreciate you clem head mike up in chippewa falls w-a-y-y our affiliate 608-321-1670 we'll take some more calls i want to look around the nfl as well wisco sports show back in five minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I-, I saw during the last segment that the Minnesota Wild fired their coach. So if you're a Wild fan and you didn't know that, well, big news. And one of my best friends is a diehard diehard minnesota wild fan he lives out in montana he's got nothing to do in the winter because it's cold and dark so he just watches every wild game and i when i saw the tweet i reached for my phone so i'm like i want to just shoot a hole in this guy's afternoon my buddy (laughs) he wanted to text him this he responded what in all caps and then i asked why did they do this and i'm still getting messages I think I got like 14 or 15 in a row. So I will read the reasoning for the firing of the Minnesota Wild head coach. But yeah, if you're a hockey fan, especially around here, breaking news. But we're talking Packers. Really nice win on Thanksgiving. Honestly, I think one of the most fun wins the Packers have had in years. Because it was unexpected. Uh, It it wasn't. Yeah, so many years with Rodgers. And I've said this before. Part of the reason I was ready to move on from the Rodgers era and, and start a rebuild. I thought it was time as a fan Every Sunday for however long I can remember, you know, we expected our team to win, and, and that's a nice privilege, but it's also, we never get to celebrate wins, because when the Packers would win, we'd go, okay, phew, we avoided catastrophe, we did what we were supposed to do, right? and, and Thursday, the Packers were not supposed to win that game, and they did, and that made it fun and enjoyable, and we were with family, and Jordan Love it great, and young guys were Sean Gary and Christian Watson finally had a breakout game, we've been waiting for it all year, it was great. Ben Kenny in about 45 minutes. Want to go around the NFL at 5 o'clock, but let's take some calls. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, I can address that in just a little bit. Appreciate the call. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hello, hello. Going once, going twice. Couldn't sit through the break. All right, one more line. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Mike, in Mike in Mad City, Mike. Oh, there you go. How are you? I'm doing good. That's good,
6: man. Hey, what a Packer win! What an awesome, hey, what an awesome weekend to be a Badger and a Packer, man.
2: It's awesome about time. Again. Well, our teams either win or they lose together. It felt like a couple weekends in a row there. It was catastrophe for the Bucks, the Badgers, and the Packers. And the last couple weeks, it's been trending a lot better. Our teams win and lose together this time of year. It seems, at least this year.
6: Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun the last couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, Badgers volleyball, shout out, getting that number one seed. They got a tough bracket this week, but uh, I think they'll pull through and uh, make it.
1: I watched
2: that so, game Friday with my mom. They beat the tar out of Nebraska, especially in the third they, set. It was just spike after spike. I guess, is it kill after kill after kill? I want to use the correct language when I can.
6: Yeah, they're, yes. they're killed. Um, but yeah, they, they were on fire just, just, Dominated Nebraska, Um, but I love what Coach said after. You know, he he just said the win wasn't about Nebraska; it was basically just about getting back on track. And I love that he said that Um, because they were, you know, they kind of they lost to Penn State and they lost to a couple or two others, and they just they kind of got got off track a little bit. Um, But they seem like they're ready for the tournament. I'm excited to watch them this week, and I I don't know if I've ever been like you just said with Rodgers; it was. Like, you know, like, whatever we won, but if we lost, then it was a complete devastation the whole week. Yeah. With this, is like a celebration of a win. And I, this pack Packers-Chiefs game, Sunday Night Football, I am so excited for it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to win or lose. I honestly, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, but I am just so excited for this game. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Uh, and I I expect the Packers to play well.
2: Look at it this way. Even if they lose to the Chiefs this Monday, they will have gone two and one through a three-game stretch against the Chargers, the Lions on a short week, and the Chiefs. And then the tail end of their schedule is a lot easier, Mike. But the, I thought the bugaboo, the hiccup, was going to be get through these three games with some sense of momentum and positivity. And they've already accomplished that. They haven't even played the Chiefs yet. So anything that happens Sunday or doesn't happen, that's just, that's butter. That's gravy.
6: Yeah, and I think that we kind of thought that going into the season, right? These three games, and now we can kind of—no offense to the chart—we can kind of discount the Chargers a little bit with Staley. I mean, it, it, they're just—they're a mess. Um, tough game to win; we still won it, so it's hard to win in this league, right? Uh, it is hard so, to win. So, yeah, I mean, I—I I don't really know what to expect Sunday night, but I expect them to play hard, and I think that they have a reason to win. I think that they feel like they can be a playoff team whether they compete in the playoffs or not, I think they feel like they can be a playoff team. I think there's hope and there's like a will there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, As Matt LaFleur likes to say, I want this team to fight. So, um, yeah, I'm excited.
2: Legacy game for Braylon Allen. Do you think that's an okay take to have after Saturday? That's really my only takeaway. Salvaged what was a really disappointing season, ended on a high note, and I thought Braylon Allen got to wrap up his Badgers career in a way that we will all remember very fondly.
6: Yeah, I'd say legacy game for Braylon Allen, but I his news might shock you as much as Craig Council. I, I don't know. I think that he's going to – I know a lot of people say, you know, he's going to go to the draft and he's going to – but he would go, you know, third or fourth round if they throw a lot of NAL money at him. What do you think? I mean, you think he stays one more year and maybe ups his draft capital or wants to play for a higher percentage winning team for, for Luke
2: Fickle? I don't think he can up his draft status anymore because I I don't no. think he's Melvin Gordon or some no, of their not. previous running backs. And I think the concerns about him coming into the draft is he entered college football at seventeen and he's been beat to tar and he does had injuries the last couple of years. I don't know how playing another year in college solves any of those problems. Can I add to that? Yeah, right. Yeah. If anything, yeah, it makes it know. worse.
6: I, just, I mean, there's just that underlying dream that he does come back. You know, yeah. I would love to see him back.
2: I would have loved to see him and Ches Malusi actually able to play together a lot more than they did this year. I think that's my my biggest frustration. Yeah, I thought I, they were that's, very that's, complimentary to each other.
6: That's probably where I lie as well, Grant. I mean, I I just yeah, I that tandem was awesome, and I was sad to see Ches go down like that against Purdue. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, legacy game. I I'm so happy the axe is back. I thought it was a great weekend for Wisconsin sports in general. So, looking forward to another one.
2: Appreciate you, Mad City Mike. Nice to hear your call. I was driving in this morning. Heard you, you brought some good stuff to over the line this morning as well. Tip my cap to you, sir. Hey,
6: thanks, man. Badger basketball
2: tonight. Oh, awesome. Hey, I appreciate you, Mike. Uh, have a good night. Uh, sorry to stumble through a couple empty phone lines before I got to you. Let's take one final break of the hour. I want to go around the NFL a little bit at 5 o'clock. We'll keep talking Packers. We haven't talked much about Jordan Love tonight, so we'll probably do that at some point, although I think the, the story remains the same. Same song, different verse. Just continue to build, continuing to grow. and I think his improvement is directly tied to the improvement of his young wide receivers. Go figure. As they get better, he gets better, and vice versa. And that's why this team looks a little bit better and has been playing a little bit better football every single week. And it's translating to wins. And I'm thrilled for them that they get to celebrate these wins together, even if it doesn't mean that they make the playoffs or they're contending for a Super Bowl. Uh, It's important for young guys to learn how to win together. Three minutes, we'll come back. Wrap up our number one of the Wisco Sports Show next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Push the envelope. Listen to Over the Line. Mornings from 6 to 10. 96.7 FM. 1670 AM. The Zone.
6: Your home.
7: Your family. Your moments. First alert is reminding you to be prepared and install smoke and carbon monoxide alarms on every level in every bedroom of your home. Don't forget to add First Alert fire extinguishers on every level plus the kitchen and know how to use them. Protect your moments and your home with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores today. floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors.
6: I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Econom Walk.
7: See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing
6: for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise Habit. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com.
1: Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly! When you need auto parts, OReillyAuto.com is just a click away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts, tools, accessories, and supplies quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store, or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, oh, oh,
7: O'Reilly!
1: Auto Parts. All right, who wants to get fitted with new Wisconsin gear? Listen up for your chance to win a $25 gift card from Homefield Apparel. Get to Monks and Sun Prairie every Thursday night from 6 to 7.
8: Temple and Heilprin will be there talking Wisconsin sports. Just come up, say hey to the guys, and scan the QR code, and you're in to win. It's that easy. It's your chance to win a $25 gift card to Homefield Apparel. And for all the college sports gear, be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com.
2: sports show it's gonna go around the NFL here in a couple minutes want to talk about Bill's Eagles want to talk about what happened to the Chargers last night maybe a little bit about the Jets keep talking about the Packers obviously Ben Kenny to join us at 5 30. it's been a big 24 48 hours for coaching firings and hirings uh, the Panthers David Tepper announced they're firing Frank Reich out of there and then I'm listening to a college football podcast earlier today. Is Ryan Day on the hot seat? Maybe they're going to go in a different direction a coach. And I often hear the sentiment about any job openings. right? Whether it's NFL, college, you know, the the Minnesota Wild just fired their coach. About an hour ago, we learned. Not even now. And I always hear this about jobs. Well, who would want that job? You don't have a great quarterback. You don't have a great situation. Uh, an owner that's this and that in a market. Who, who would even want that job? Million, uh, everyone. Everyone would want the job. It's a it's a professional sports head coaching job. And I'm looking at at Ian Rappaport right now on The Insiders, the show. I'm watching the clip, and the question is who would want the hashtag Panthers job? A lot a lot of people. It's a head coaching job in the NFL. I don't know. We'll talk about some of the, the coaching openings, some of the teams, some of the goings on yesterday in the NFL without the Packers playing. Ben Kenny to join us talk college football. Maybe a little bit about his Eagles. Our two Wisco Sports Show next. I'm
0: you. Just really happy for our locker room. We had a lot of guys out today, and it was cool to see a lot of young guys get their first opportunity to, to go out there and play and make some big time contributions.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: There's so much sports content today. It's ridiculous. When I am allocating time on this two-hour show to talk about college football, you know the college football content is good. Because I like college football as much as the next fella. Not as much as, as many fellas, but as much as the next fella, as much as some fellas. Much as, you know, some people. I mean, Your fellow average sports fans. The College football was awesome this weekend. The NFL was very good yesterday. It was also very bad, but because it was bad, it was good. Uh, and, of course, the Packers played on Thanksgiving. were a couple days removed. So we're not reacting with our normal, ugh, with with our normal, you know, stones, with our normal oomph. But we're reacting. I thought Matt LaFleur deserves a ton of credit. So does Rashawn Gary. So does Christian Watson. A couple guys who've been quiet for a few weeks. We're like, any time now, any time, any time Rashawn Gary, you want to pop off, take over a game, we got it. It was awesome to see. Christian Watson stepping up and making an impact as well. It was pretty darn cool. It's so a lot of positives. I think it was one of the most fun Packer games in a while. One of the most fun Packers wins, right? Because for years we just, we expected to win. And when we didn't win, it was a catastrophe. So the, the pain felt in a loss was not reciprocated with the joy felt in a win. And now with this Packers team, the losses don't hurt as much and the wins feel way better. So we, we flipped the equation a little bit now. The bad part is we're not contending for a Super Bowl, and that's a bummer. But you can't contend for a Super Bowl every year. Like, we had a good run. We had a a good 30-year run. That's a pretty good run. So I'm content to sit back and and enjoy what a rebuild has to offer. This is kind of fun. I I feel like someone in the Hallmark movies who lives in a big city and gets so caught up in corporate life and then goes home, and and before they really start to embrace the small town, they're like, oh, isn't that... Cute. You guys have a store for that. That's me. It's like ooh, rebuilding. This is look at this. Isn't this fun? Like we get to enjoy a win that we didn't expect. Like, you know, we get two or three years into this thing, I'm going to feel differently. But right now, I'm enjoying watching these young guys. They they've really drafted and, and and have begun to develop a brand new wide receiving core, brand new tight end core. And it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch those guys grow with Jordan Love, and it's no coincidence. Is Bukowski. I'm told this a couple weeks ago. It's no coincidence that as these young wide receivers and tight ends get better, Jordan Love gets better. It's no coincidence that as Jordan Love gets a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable, Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson all starting to make plays. So that was really fun on Thursday. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Ben Kenny to join us to talk a little college football, a little NFL in about a half hour. WIP in Philly, formerly of the Bill Michaels Show, formerly of uh formerly of Kenny and Heilpern. I got to be really careful with that because now it's Temple and Heilpern, and what I absolutely don't want to do is when I'm promoting Temple and Heilpern, say Kenny and Heilpern, because I feel like that's disrespectful to Jesse and the great show that him and Zach do every Thursday. It's not that serious, though. I shouldn't worry that much about it. I'm on Twitter, at Grant. You can call the show if you'd like, 608-321-1670. I want to talk about some of the other games that happened yesterday. He's there at right back to my apartment after traveling a little bit. It was home-seeing family, as I'm sure a lot of you were. Uh, Philadelphia Buffalo was awesome. Let's start with that game. Talk about a couple of other teams around the NFC and, and around the NFL. Philly Buffalo was great yesterday. I think the Eagles are tremendous. I think that is such a good team. I think it's the best roster in football. The offensive line is five elite offensive linemen. And who are we talking with? Oh, shoot. I forgot. I maybe it was Mark Schofield on the Bill Michaels show last night. That would be my first guess as to who talked about this. Sometimes when you're on air a lot it, it starts to run together. But I think I think it was him who told us that you know good offensive line plays hard to hard to come by now. Uh, an elite offensive line these days in 2023 has three great linemen. Right? Nobody has five except the Eagles. The Eagles offensive line is tremendous. And when you stack up the Eagles against a team like the Niners, you think of other great NFC teams with great rosters. I think, well, Dallas Goddard isn't George Kittle, but he's pretty cool. Like, I really like Dallas Goddard. He's a really good all-around tight end, and he's got really good hands. I probably like the Eagles wide receivers more. I think I might. I think A.J. Brown is the best player, the best wide receiver on either team, and I think Devontae Smith is, is right up there with Iuk, maybe better than IUK. Like, I think the Eagles weapons are just as good, if not better, than the Niners, and they have the best weapon, and A.J. Brown Running backs are kind of a wash. They're both really good at at, at trading for inexpensive or mid-round backs every year and, and making it work with them. You know, unless you count like Trey Sermon or a bunch of other backs that the Niners have drafted or or paid big money for and then not really gotten much out of because they can do it with younger guys. But the Eagles roster is tremendous. There was a moment yesterday in the fourth quarter this big defensive lineman chased Josh Allen out of bounds. And Nance and Rome are like, he's exhausted. Like, this is a battle. And I'm like, man, that guy's big. Who is that? Oh, yeah, that's right. They have Jordan Davis, the freak defensive lineman from the freak defensive line school in Georgia. They drafted him a year ago. And a couple of months ago, they drafted the other freak defensive lineman from the freak defensive lineman school, Jalen Carter, who might have just been the best player in the draft. They just have these guys in droves. And, and, and Jalen Hurts and others, their kicker, shoot, Jake Elliott, is a is a team of big moment players. They step up and make big plays and big moments. I think the Eagles are great. But, <laughs> but, but, you're waiting for it. But each of their opponents the last two weeks have left the game-winning touchdown on the field. The Chiefs had the game-winning touchdown. Marquez Valdez scaling had it in his hand, dropped it. Gabe Davis, wide open in the secondary. All Josh Allen has to do is throw the right route, and he doesn't. He thinks that Gabe Davis is going to break right. Gabe Davis goes left. That's the game-winning touchdown. Left it out on the field, right? Philly easily could have lost to the Chiefs last week, easily could have lost to the Bills yesterday. And if Philly would have lost both of those games, they wouldn't be fundamentally worse. They would just have two fewer wins. Some would say some would have a different perception of the Eagles if they would have lost these last two weeks. Some would. I would not because I think smart. I'm not smart. I'm an idiot. But I think good football analysis has to sometimes set aside wins and losses. You need to look a little bit closer. Talk to football coaches about this. They'll tell you this all the time. Like uh, our team plays great. In losses, we've played poor in wins. Wins and losses can be very misleading. At the end of the year, it's all that matters. But when we're trying to evaluate the difference between one team that's very good and another team that's very good, wins and losses are not the only metric that should be considered. The Eagles easily could have lost these last two weeks. They did not, right? They also get credit for fighting and coming back. The Eagles get credit, right, for for making plays in the second half and coming back against the Chiefs. Chiefs still should have won. Right, Jake Elliott gets credit for making that 60-yard bomb after Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni go full Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy and, and stall out on the very edge of field goal range, 60 yards out, 59 yards out. The Eagles get credit for coming back, but we also need to realize that their opponents kind of hung it out for them. I'm interested to see how the rest of this Eagles season goes because they're getting out They're getting outplayed in all these games, but they're winning anyways. I think that's a testament to individual players. I don't know if the Eagles continue to play like this, what it'll look like. I'm very interested, right? The Eagles, to their credit, always find a way to make the play to win the game. The Bills are the opposite. Let's talk about the Bills. The Bills are now 6-6. Six and six. They're 10th in the AFC. And every time I watch them lose, they lose in the exact same way. Every time. Every single time I went back and I looked at every game that they played today. I was like, have they been blown out? No, nope, They haven't been blown out. They, they lose every time they lose. They lose the same exact way. Whether it's a shootout against a really good team. Like it was against the Eagles yesterday or, or this ugly, stinky slug fest, big 10 West style game against a bad team. It doesn't matter what style of game it is. They always lose the same way. They are always one play short every single time. They're one play away without fail they were one play away if they would have had one big play to stretch their lead a little bit farther yesterday the eagles wouldn't have been able to come back the the, the one throw to Gabe Davis one play away They're was one play away and a lot of that is Josh Allen you know for as great as he is and, and this is what I said last night I remember being in my kitchen I was warming up some leftovers and the game was on in the background this is as it, uh, the Sunday night game was on so this is after Philly Buffalo and I'm kind of trying to think like, ah, should we talk about this game tomorrow? The thing that I, that I was left saying about Josh Allen, he always makes one too many mistakes and he is always one special play short. You know what I mean? He always has one too many bad throws and you're always missing one great throw. If you could fix that ratio, if you could take away one mistake and you could add in one more special play, this Bills team would be, what are they, six and six? I, I'm, I'm serious. They'd be, I don't know. They'd be eight and four. They 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 could have the record that the Eagles have. It would make them a way different team, fundamentally different team. Their record would be a lot different, and they'd be in the playoff hunt. But it's really just one or two plays a game with the Bills, and a lot of that is on Josh Allen. Some of that is on Sean McDermott. Like, Why are we wasting a timeout to ice Jake Elliott and then kneeling the ball with 20 seconds left? You have Josh Allen who can throw the ball 60 yards and Stephon Diggs, who's unbelievable. The very worst, uncork one, try to get a P.I., And kick a field goal as time expires. What the hell? Why not? Instead, you play for overtime. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The Bills lose the exact same game every single week. And that's bad. Now, the Chargers, who played Sunday Night Football last night and lost, the Chargers find a different way to lose every single week. And that's really bad. I think that's worse. Right? The last three weeks, they played the Packers. And the offense and the defense both kind of took their lumps the offense dropped a lot of passes missed a couple touchdowns the defense also gave up drives and big plays when they needed stops the most two weeks ago they lost to the lions they gave up 40 they couldn't get a stop they they couldn't do anything defensively but the offense looked great last night the defense looks amazing and the offense looks like it's not the offense of a professional football team if you showed someone who'd never watched football before you showed them the game last night they'd be like who's this Herbert guy he he blows who's calling plays on this offense because they suck Do they have any good players because it looked that bad last night and that's the mark of a really bad football team because there's some football teams like the chiefs the chiefs don't have a great wide receiving core that's kind of their bugaboo they can work around it They, they can find a way to fight through that that's their bugaboo we all know it their defense is great Their defensive line is great. Pass rush, coverage, corners. Patrick Mahomes is great. Travis Kelsey is great. Love the coach. Love the play callers. Love the experience. Love love the kicker. Love all of it. It's the wide receiver. A little bugaboo. Right? Good teams can have one weakness. The Chargers, it just depends on the week. Flip a coin. And that's how you know that a team is is truly lost. The Chargers, honestly, piss me off when I watch them. I'm like, you have so many good players. And the jerseys look great. And you're on national TV a lot because you're the LA market and you got a star quarterback and it just sucks. It j- It's bad. And it's bad in a different way every single week. And that's the mark of a team that's that's lost and probably needs to tear it down. Oh, and what's funny is they drafted Quentin Johnson over Jordan Addison and uh, and Rashad Bateman or not Rashad Bateman. Uh, the other guy who plays for the Eagles. Boston College. Zay Flowers. That looks like a horrible p- the way we should give Ben Kenny his flowers in, in 10 or 12 minutes because... Uh, Quentin Johnston off Ben Kenny's draft board. I remember that very specifically. He also loved Lucas Van Ness. Maybe we can check back in with that pick. Probably don't need to. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
7: Wisco Fox Foxtrot.
2: What? What?
7: Eric on I-90. Yes. Hard charging. (laughs) And all I said on Thanksgiving Day watching that game was Wisco Tango Foxtrot. You were that blown away? You were that surprised? I was that blown away. Wisco Tango Foxtrot. I'm driving and I'm listening. I'm listening to the opening play. I'm driving down the road. We're going to to Judy and Sam's for Turkey and Ham. Driving down there and it's like the Packers come out. Jordan loves back. He uncorks one for Christian Watson. (laughs) And he caught us. And I was like, Whisk go Fox for how he caught
2: it. You almost swerved Whisco the car in. off the road.
7: I did. I did. And the Packer and Ultras went just as best as I did. It was like it was uh, never done before, but I was pretty happy for you guys. I was. I was happy for you. I
1: and
2: and you. It, that moment was the antithesis, fancy word of the day, of the moment That's week one in Minneapolis a year ago. Because I thought that that it drop was. by Christian Watson set the tone for the entire game. And I thought the catch Got from it. Christian Watson on Thursday on Thanksgiving set the tone for the entire game. Isn't it amazing? One play can have that much power, Eric, on I 90.
7: It truly was. It just went on and on through the whole game. I'm like, Wisconsin, Tango, Fox, Trot, what's going on?
1: Oh, my and God. And it, it was.
7: It was. It was. It was a great game by the Green Bay Packers. They deserve all the accolades that they got. They really came out. You got all of your wishes. What's that song, 12 Days of Christmas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You got all of them. All of them in one game. Who's your linebacker that you wanted to dominate a game? Rashawn Gary. Who's that guy? Rashawn Gary dominated the game. Mm-hmm. Four of them up. Right? Christian Watson took the top off something other than a can of Elbow. Right? Right? <laughs> That
2: was outstanding. It was. I had a, we, we had a lot to be thankful for.
7: You did. You did. That seems like the whole team was thankful. Jordan Love did deserve a turkey leg. He deserved the whole turkey. I'm just going to say it. He really did.
2: They didn't Matt have it. LaFleur. Did you notice after the game they didn't have a turkey leg for him?
7: They did not. They did not. They should have. Terrible. You know, Matt LaFleur game plan looked more prepared than his grandma outfit his wife puts on for him <laughs> it was outstanding
1: oh my god
7: It was outstanding
2: this is the energy well, we needed.
7: it was you know i i couldn't i i honestly was like i don't believe this is happening but it you know such as such as football right
2: such a as about tonight. A yeah,
7: about tonight. so Justin
2: Jefferson isn't playing tonight. What else do we need to know? Is your team? Do they host the Bears or are they in Chicago tonight? They host the Bears. They host the Bears.
7: Up at the, up at the U.S. Bank Stadium, actually a very nice stadium if you've ever been there.
2: I saw. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I I didn't walk by U.S. Bank Stadium the other day, but I could see it through the streets because we're. Where was I? Was it? Is that in the North Loop or downtown somewhere? But I was very close to it, and I I, uh, appreciated it from blocks away.
7: You know, I didn't like the design at first because it kind of looks like a cap-sized boat. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, know, it's a nice stadium. But, yeah, I'm a little, you know, I just, it's the Vikings. And it's this Josh Dobbs. I mean, we got to see some first and second down success. Right? Listen to me. I'm talking like you guys two weeks ago,
1: yeah. Do
7: you know that two weeks ago, that Jordan Love's passer rating? I heard this. I know I, I didn't research this. I heard it on sports radio. My Mrs. I ninety says I just regurgitate that all the time. What? And that's fine. All right. I'm no genius, but I am a genius. But anyway, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Christian Watson. When Jordan Love would throw out to Christian Watson he'd have a better pat, passer rating if he threw the ball into the ground. Yep. Like down the ball. Because it wasn't an interception. And now look at what you got. Now look at what you're looking at. Yep. Could have had Alan Dazar and Tommy running around out there. You know, it was, you're so much better off. So much better off. So I'm I'm happy for you, Grant. I hope I'm as happy by the end of the game tonight. Um, Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But...
2: Eric, uh, well, before, before I let you go, we got to talk interstate for 30 seconds. I drove uh, from my hometown, northwest Wisconsin, back to Madison yesterday, and there was yes. start-and-go bumper-to-bumper traffic from Warren's yeah. all the way to Madison.
7: Wow. Wow. Wow, that 94 does get busy. That's why I prefer I-90.
2: Well, yeah, uh, I prefer I-92, but then 90 joins 94, and then, then it gets yeah, even that, worse. That,
7: that's when it really goes... Yep, when the 90s meet the 94s, it really gets packed up in there. So I'm always glad to peel off on the 90 here. It's
2: a lot nicer. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to run. Got to get to a guest at 530. got to stick did. to a schedule. But I appreciate you, Eric, and happy Thanksgiving again. thankful for you.
7: Say hi to Ben Kenny for me. I will. Thank you. <laughs> I
2: will, Eric on i90. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Yeah, you would be shocked as a Vikings fan. It is a little bit of a weird sight or a weird sound. I know you're listening to the game. To your Christian Watson, pull in the deep shot to begin the game. Let's take a three minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: show. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you calling Eric on I-90, that blow-by-blow of the first play of the Thanksgiving game. <laughs> it was a little shocking. Hey, did you not look around at your, your family members, your relatives, your friends, and just kind of laugh? <laughs> like, he of course, he, what a bad throw. He underthrew him, too. That's that's good, clean fun. That is good, clean fun. Ben Kenny going to join us here in a couple minutes talk college football. I just saw my phone light up, and I saw his little picture. Uh, He's saved in my phone with Jack Cohn's picture. I think it's funny. And I thought for a sec that maybe he was about to say, oh, never mind, I can't do it. Uh, but it was uh, instead, uh, here's where I am, here's a, the best way to talk. And I will say, I would love that. Love that. Thanks for the heads up. Also, also, Eric on i90 wanted me to tell you hello and give you his best send there we go one more call and then we'll get to ben kenny wip is just a good college football guy and sometimes this happens all too often on the show where i i i wrote down my notes and i write down my topics and then i think oh all of these topics are perfect for this person a couple weeks ago was people tonight it's ben kenny good college football topics wisco sports show who's this Ed in Maguana, go. Ed in Maguana. Ed, you're establishing a nice little presence for yourself on this show. I was thinking about you this morning on my drive in. I'm like, you know, if Ed calls a couple times this week, he's he's really supplanting himself among some of the top callers of the show, some of the most consistent callers.
3: Oh, nice. I
2: wasn't keeping track. I just – it's uh, the best show out there as far as i know. Oh, so. Ed. And I'm not really keeping track per se, but also I'm in a room by myself for two hours a night. I – like I, I do remember these, cause this is really the most exciting part of my day. This is when I actually talk to people. Otherwise I'm in a room by myself most of the day. So I remember, I'm not like, I don't have a, a board somewhere, but I appreciate you calling consistently. It's been nice.
3: Heck yeah. Especially after a great win and uh nice weekend of sports. Uh, Bucks didn't beat the Celtics, but they've done all right since then. Madners had a nice win running the ball like hell. And, and yeah, the Packers, man, um, We looked like a professional football team out there, didn't we, Grant?
2: (laughs) It's really satisfying after, you know, that middle stretch of the season where the first half offense literally did not score at all. And it's been fun a couple times in the last few weeks for the Packers to get the ball in their first possession and look like they practiced and look like they game-planned. And then they went out and they executed that game plan. Like, that's just such a satisfying feeling.
3: It was. It was like, bam, right from the start. And they scored that touchdown. I'm like, man, I hope they don't cool off. And... So is credit, he stayed aggressive. Um, They're going for on fourth down. It was complimentary football, offense helping the defense, defense helping the offense, like we haven't seen in a really long time. I don't think we saw it at all last year, to be honest. Um, You know, Rodgers wasn't at 100%, but it's been a long time since we've seen the defense and the offense complement each other
2: so well. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't really know how Joe Barry's doing what he's doing. Part of me wants to think that it's just variance and that they've gotten a little bit lucky. But also, they they haven't really given up a crooked number this year other than the first game against Detroit, and they got zero help from their offense in that game. I don't really know how Joe Barry is doing it. Um, yeah. He deserves credit for it, though. No? Yes.
3: Yeah, he's making it work. You know, everybody talks about give up the yards and not the points, and that's he's sticking to it. I'll give him that. He's sticking to his guns. Um, you know, other than that, he's got some outstanding play from his guys recently. Rashawn Gary finally stepped up. Uh, Devontae White, he had some nice plays, he uh, tur- caused turnover, right? Uh, my boy Carl Brooks got the strip sack, yeah. knocked the ball out. Of course I had to plug that. Um didn't get any points off of that one. That's that was the only disappointment of the game about really. But man, it was just it was fun. You know, last week and this week. It's been fun to watch the Packers.
2: It has been it. it has been fun. I'm looking forward to maybe we get Taylor Swift and Lambeau, Sunday night football, Tareko Collinsworth is back. Although I had my fun with Jason Garrett last night, don't get me wrong, but ready for Chris Collinsworth to be back. I'm excited to see where this team goes next. I think it's gonna be a really fun final month and a half of the season, and hopefully these young guys can really start to pop and put it all together.
3: Okay, yeah, stay aggressive and keep going, and you never know. I mean, the Chiefs are a great team, but they're not perfect either.
2: They are not per. They've been playing in a lot of close games. They did look really good yesterday though, so maybe they, maybe the Packers are due for a whoop down by, by a really good team, but maybe not. And even if they lose to the Chiefs on, on Sunday, they will have gone 2-1 and one in a stretch against three quality opponents, and then they got this softer back end of the schedule. We're trending good, Ed. I got to let you go and get to Ben Kenny, but I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Peace. Later. Ed in Maguanago. Appreciate you, Ed. Uh, yeah, I and that's I told this to Bill earlier because when we came out of the Steelers game, feeling some positivity, right? A little bit. They didn't win, but feeling positive. Looked at the schedule. The last five games, pretty easy. You got some gimmies in there. Maybe not, maybe gimme is the wrong word, but got some really bad teams, winnable games in the final five. But first came this three game stretch against the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. This three week stretch was a hurdle the Packers needed to clear. They needed to maintain some momentum and some positivity going into that soft tail end of the schedule. And they've done that, right? If I would have told you that they went one and two in this three game stretch, I think a lot of Packers fans would say, yeah, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. They've gone They've won two so far. At worst they can go two and one, and that is outstanding. that's something positive. We should always consider that as we go into this Chiefs game. This Chiefs game, a little bit gravy. I know it's at home, Sunday night football, but I think it's I think it's gravy. It doesn't mean I want to see the Packers get blown out, but they've really handled their business against some quality opponents the last two weeks. So trending in the right direction. Five minutes and we're back. WIP's Ben Kenny, old friend Ben Kenny. Eric on I90's good friend Ben Kenny. We're back in five minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. We don't have enough time to get to everything tonight. We gotta make up for lost time. I was off Thursday and Friday. So that's on me. Uh, but the show is only two hours out of college football. Packers obviously reacting to what happened on Thanksgiving and if this show is three or four hours we would be spending a half hour by the way on Craig Council rolling into the Bucks game yesterday sitting in the third row making it about him and it sounds like not really being all that into the game. I was talking to someone today who had a friend at the Bucks game saw him and said he wasn't standing wasn't but we only have two hours so we need to focus on bigger issues. Ben Kenny is here Old friend, not that old friend, it hasn't been that long, WIP in Philly. Ben, how are you? What's up? I'm good.
8: Uh, are we wondering if Greg if Council has to, we have to change the gold package at Bucks Games now? Is dude, that the discussion?
2: Dude, I hate, the gold package is such a dumb topic. I wish it would go away because I don't really think it matters. But Green Bay, well, you would know Packers fans think that it has like this m- major impact on the atmosphere at Lambeau. That is a topic that needs to die. I'm sure Philly has their own version of a weird topic like that. But I, I hate that topic. Um, no,
8: not really. We're, we're caught up in a team that can't lose, which in the radio business is great. I want them to win every game. It's, it's really hard when they do things wrong and you have to point them out like turn the ball over in the first half and look like crap. And then they just win anyway. So we're in a, we're in a weird spot. We're trying to figure out how to talk about this team.
2: Yeah, it's got to be exhausting. It's got to be a real drag. I, I, I know. I, I don't <laughs> need to
8: complain. I get it. Listen, I, was, I, I don't think you understand how happy I was on the train up to New York to see some family during Thanksgiving, yeah. watching the Packers demolish the Lions and the Packers quarterback not throw three goal line interceptions to tank the game. That
2: was awesome. Hey, you know, so I I have a question about your Eagles uh, and then we can talk some college football, but I do need to say I have not gone out of my way to make fun of Aaron Rodgers or laugh at Aaron Rodgers this year. But it's getting to the point where like nationally now everyone's doing it like it's coming to a head and people are really starting to kind of like they like "Well, all these guys that Rodgers brought in. They do suck. And why is he coming back for him? So now I feel like I can. I feel like I'm not going out of my way to pick on him. And I'm kind of excited to see where this goes.
8: Of course you can. And we were right. Everybody talking about it last year was right. When we, when we spoke to the people, they would be losing and how when you lose players off a bad or subpar offense, just because you're losing them, it doesn't mean it's bad. Like the players might have been the reason the offense wasn't good. You're more in your right to, to parade about it. I've been parading about it here because people ask me what I think about Rodgers and I very carefully explain where I've been the last two years and what's gone on. It's like now it's all of this has turned into truth. And Hackett can't coach. Like, come on.
2: Tim Boyle starting in NFL. And he's going to start another. Tim Boyle. It's madness. It's absolute madness. Do you think, by the way, do you think Jalen Hurts is the MVP? Are you guys banging that drum on the station? Or where do you stand on that?
8: I don't really care, to be honest. We did the whole Hurts MVP thing last year. And we did the Wentz MVP thing in 2017. Both of them suffered injuries that took the MVP away. Like Hertz last year came back, so it's different than Wentz. I think Hertz should have got it last year. But the more you concern yourself with all the MVP stuff, the more you end up like Rodgers, and you're not really concerning yourself with what's next, right? So I I think if I had to argue, I would say, yeah, he's the MVP. But I value – I don't just value numbers. I, I value what they're doing to lead their team to wins. And it's pretty easy that the best player on the best team is also the guy making all of the big plays late to win the games.
2: I do think that Eagles opponents have let them off a hook a couple of times, but that's not the Eagles' fault. I, I am also blown away watching this team where they can just like pull win, like they just have guys that make their biggest plays in their biggest moments, and that is cool. And you can talk about that. I don't fault the Eagles for that. Uh, but I was cheering for the Cowboys. I was cheering for They'd the Chiefs. Be best kicker of all time,
8: which we the Eagles would be three wins fewer had they not had Jake Elliott, a kicker which i i just love having a specialist like that that you know is an all-time great. I mean it's like when when a college football team plays Florida that are the most undisciplined group of people you've ever seen and you know if you are buttoned up they will hand you the game. Like that that's kind of what the Eagles do. Yeah. They just operate well and they know when they play the Bills, Josh Allen's going to throw you the football.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
8: while while yes you can't bank on that happening all the time, the more it happens, the more I'm like maybe you can.
2: So I I don't really have an argument. I wish I had an argument to have about the Eagles with you. I really don't. They're awesome. I do want to talk college football with you. Let's go back to Friday. I called it a couple of times the Ben Kenny Bowl. uh, Iowa, Nebraska, your reaction, please, to one of your favorite sporting events, it would seem, of the year. And I can't think of a better way to send the Big Ten West out than than what we watched on Friday.
8: Yeah, I came away. um, It was a nostalgic Friday afternoon. I came away a little bit sad. I, I enjoyed every bit of the three hours I spent watching the game. And what's beautiful, I think, is a lot of other people, like Ross Tucker, who was calling the game, mm-hmm. started to get it. They're like, wait, this is actually kind of cool that they can't move forward. The Iowa Hawkeyes won the game, Grant, because in a tie game with a minute and a half left, they threw an interception, which set them up to actually gain yardage by intercepting the other team back. They won the game because they threw a pick, which you cannot say about any other team ever. So I was, I enjoyed the game. I was sad. Like, these games are not going to mean as much with the West not existing, and I think they're kind of going to go by the wayside. Like, we can't bank on these games happening all the time when you have a lot of the big dogs entering our Big Ten and trying to run things. And you're just not going to get the visuals of Kirk Ferentz on one side, Matt Rule, whose offense was as bad as was this year, no one's talking about that, in a, in a uh, not sold out, What's their stadium called? Uh, Nebraska Stadium, which has their great oh, sellout street. I don't there even. There was the sellout, so all these things are coming together, and I just kept thinking, like, we're not going to get this anymore.
2: I love the way that you said our Big Ten. They're coming into our Big Ten, <laughs> like they're coming into our country. Like I, I, I don't know. I am excited for on? USC and UCLA. I don't like the expanded playoffs. We've talked about it before because these games, these games have to mean something. Like there needs to be cause and effect with these wins and with these losses. Like we're going to relitigate for the next week or or however long it is until this is eventually, I don't know the schedule, but we're going to keep talking about Alabama and and Texas and their matchup earlier this year and what it meant. And it was months ago, but we need to talk about it because they played on the field and that game has to matter. You know what I mean? Yep. And the big myth is
8: that the teams that will play in conference title Saturday or Friday and the teams that will play in the playoff are the same teams that played at that point Mm -hmm. when, I mean, Alabama is drastically different than they were then, which does, I I will say the dialogue around that is fun. It's a lot more fun than the dialogue that will happen next year when Michigan and Ohio state play the last week of the year. And then the next week in the big 10 title, and then two weeks later in the playoff, it's like, then what are we doing? We're just seeing the same game over and over again. And we don't know what value to put on each one.
2: Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday. Let's talk about that. I was pulling for Michigan. I don't really care about the cheating that Harbaugh has done, which I can't tell the bill because I think he'll yell at me, but that's fine. I just keep that opinion to myself. Ohio State played better and more physical than I thought they would. Other than that, I just thought it was a really balanced, really competitive, good Big Ten game. What did you think of Saturday? Um, Yeah, it's hard to go
8: into the big house against a Michigan team the caliber of that and win. And Ohio State is an underdog. So by those metrics, then Ohio State wasn't expected to win, but it's also when you've done what Ryan Day has done in losing every big game he's played pretty much over the last three years or four years, then it's really hard to give the benefit of the doubt. I thought the biggest thing from the game, except for a lot of really impressive play, was Sharon Moore running circles around Ryan Day in terms of the in-game management. Like, Ohio State's first drive of the game, third and ten, they were, they throw a screen that gains nine and a half yards and it. gets to midfield, and they punt it. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you supposed to pull a road upset when you're playing like that? So, even though the team bounced back and Marvin Harrison's amazing and Day did a great job covering up for McCord, who's a liability, a quarterback, if we're being honest, he, he was great in all those metrics, but he didn't do enough, and he hasn't done enough in any of those games. And I, I thought Jerome Moore coached a, another great game with – I mean, people talk about J.J. McCarthy as a first-round pick. Like they, they don't let him do anything, really. So I think more covered up for a lot of blemishes as well. And I, I was impressed by Michigan. I, I was mad, though. Like, I am, I'm a hater. I, I, I think they should have to uh, oh. not play in the postseason. I think they have to vacate all the wins. I think what they've done is despicable.
2: Really? Why did I not know this? <laughs> It's it's half sarcastic. Oh, okay. okay. Um, well, see, it's we, half not. See, what see, we're in a video chat right now, but you don't have a webcam, so part of me thinks that you're just like smirking away back there, and I'm I'm listening. It was very convincing. I look, it's bad. He should be punished, but ultimately, like I think Michigan is really good, and I would like to see a Big Ten team compete in and maybe win a national title. Like I want to see, and I think Michigan Michigan should have been there last year, and I think they're the Big Ten's best hope of of getting there this year. So we'll see. I
1: don't know. Um, I I can't
8: complain. Can I say something? Yeah, please. The the thing that angers me is not what was done or what wasn't done on the field. Kind of like with Dion. Like, I wanted Dion to fail this year because of how crazy people got over him and the team wasn't good. That's not his fault. It's not his fault, but still it is a product of what, what went on. The victim complex that Michigan people have, even their president, who tweeted out as if somebody, like, died on their campus, after they beat Penn State, all this great adversity they went through. It's like, no, your, your head coach got caught cheating. Like, you're not going through this great trial that, that you're making it out to be. So I, I just, I hate the victim
2: complex. That, all oh, like, how could we have done anything wrong? Everyone's out to get us. It's like, no, you're Michigan. Yeah, it's a very American thing where we do something wrong and then we get punished for it and want to make it that we're the victim. Like it's a you know, there's political we don't need to go into that. Um, Wisconsin, Minnesota Saturday. I was in the Twin Cities. It was bizarre. Vegamont John, another fine caller, you might remember. I'm sure you remember him uh, was there as well. We were talking about how it's a little different, maybe not the best game day experience. I really have much to draw from this game other than I'm glad the Gophers lost. And honestly, uh, Braylon Allen legacy game. I will think better of Braylon Allen as a player only because of what happened on Saturday. And if that's his last game, and it probably is, thank you for helping us getting the axe back. That was basically all I took from Saturday.
8: I agree. It was probably the best game they played all season, which is noteworthy. It wasn't as if like Fickle's whole thing was. They wanted to play their best football late. They want to play better in the fourth quarter, blah, 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 Finish. which for the first three months of the season just didn't happen. Like they were objectively a worse team late in games for the most part, aside from, from a couple, um, a couple in the other direction. But then that was the best game they played, which after what happened against Northwestern in Indiana, that is very encouraging to see. And it's hilarious that Wisconsin is in the place they're in, and Minnesota had a, has had a golden opportunity to win the West just once in its existence. And yet
2: here we are, and they never did. Why has Iowa figured out a way to win the West more consistently than any of these other teams? Because there's probably because they're fans, they are fans of every team who are like, why? how did we let this not be us this year? And Iowa more than often has been the team that's been able to actually do it. Uh, because they're well coached. And Iowa has the
8: ability Maybe not the last couple of years because of how bad their offense has been. But Iowa has the ability to beat any team in the conference. And you go back to the 20, I think, 18. Like They've beaten Ohio State. They've mm-hmm. beaten Michigan. Nate's, the Nate Stanley game. Been, yes, it hasn't been this iteration of Michigan and Ohio State. Minnesota it hasn't shown the ability to do any of that. What's what's P.J. Fleck's best to win? The Penn State game in 2019 that turned into them losing to Wisconsin anyway? Yeah, that's like, right. What's their best win?
2: Iowa. This, I mean, the, pound, pound for pound, probably the Iowa win this year, but not for the reasons you would think. You know what I mean? Like, that was a win, but no one's going to think of that as a crowning achievement because I halfway believe it shouldn't even count.
8: Oh, it should not have counted. But that was the first time they beat Iowa. Yeah. So it's like, it's that's a true, uh, you know, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. And it's like, <laughs> it's P.J. Fleck. It's yourself. You just can't beat that team, which when Wisconsin's going right, it does beat that team. And in recent years, they haven't because I was been better coached.
2: We got two minutes. And if you need to run, just say it. But I'll give you two minutes to whatever college football topic that is weighing heavily on you that I did not ask you about. Mine is, is I don't think Washington should be in the college football playoff, even if they went out. Oregon's better. And I don't think they're that good. That's my thing that I've been thinking about today. What's your one college football thing that you didn't get a chance to talk about here?
8: That's, that's a great question. I'm sure. Um, I am, I am petrified of the next two to three years of Wisconsin football and people hate people hate me on Twitter because I tweet negative things sometimes, but that's how I go through the emotions of a game. Like (laughs) I I've told you this now that I'm not working there, I am, I'm an emotional fan. Like they lose. I'm angry. They win. I'm happy. All of those emotions. And I'm petrified for the next couple of years because of the schedule because of the fact that like this obviously was supposed to be the year with the easy slate to get it all done. And with an old team now, unless fickle just blows everything away recruiting and I'm wrong about that, then they will be best set up. But I don't think you could build a team in the transfer portal that can actually win. I think you can get a player or two, but I don't think you could rely upon the portal to say, okay, we want to upgrade here, 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 and here. Like they, they did it at wide receiver and they got Will Pauling who's really good. But CJ Williams was nowhere all season and they, probably ran Keontas Lewis out of town, maybe not for the right reasons, but generally speaking, I am scared that they'll have to go into the portal and try to fix these holes or try to build a team. And it just isn't going to be enough because the big 10 is ridiculous. Like Oregon might enter the conference as what the second best program right now, maybe third behind Ohio state and Michigan. Yes. And then Washington's top five. And I think USC is a joke because they can't play defense, but that's still USC. You're still Lincoln talking Riley about on the hot
2: England. seat. Is there anything to that? I mean, obviously not, but that's like people are actually criticizing Lincoln Riley. I just think that's funny.
8: You, you know what I want to see? I want to see the Chargers hire Lincoln Riley. <laughs> I have a lot of NFL, college football, coaching carousel takes. That, I think takes. it'd be hilarious. They'd it, it, be funny more than anything. Like they fire Brandon Staley, who's an idiot. And they hire Lincoln Riley to he, like he's Cliff Kingsbury 2.0 with better schemes
2: and yeah. a better track record at developing quarterbacks. God, I can't wait for uh conference championship weekend playoff. I appreciate you, Ben. Thank you. I just looked at my rundown today. I'm like, that's a Ben Kenny thing. That's a Ben Kenny. I just wonder if Ben will come on and we can talk about it together. So thank you for that. Hey, thanks, Grant. Have a great show tonight. It was nice to hear from you. Yeah,
8: uh, I, I would say you as well, but. I don't know what time it is there. I'm not good at the. I'm
2: done. I'm done in eight minutes. So I'm excited okay. to go home. Yeah. I hope you had a good show. It was okay. Yeah, Eric on I90 specifically told me to tell you to say hi. Hello, Eric. Miss you guys. See you, Ben. Ben Kenny, WIP. Have a good one. Thank you, friend. Uh, I just like getting him going on college football. You wind him up and he just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. I don't. Washington in the college football playoff, I think Washington would deserve it. But that's the brutal nature of this Final Four. It's like it's not always the four most deserving teams. It's some mixed up mess of deserving, but also we want the best teams. But it's not all about the best teams because the games have to matter. But it's not all about the most deserving teams. Other otherwise, in the past, we've, we we've seen teams like TCU and uh, Scott Frost's old team, one of the Florida teams, not Gulf Coast, Florida, the Knights. You know what I mean? It's some imbalance of deserving and best and i think washington if they win out will be deserving but i don't think they're best and in a 14 playoff i just one spot is so important to use it on washington when texas or florida state or some of these other teams oregon i think oregon has a claim to be if not the best team right there with the best team in the country they might not even get in we'll see all right let's take a last break three minutes wrap up the wisco sports show next
1: this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, got about two minutes before we wrap things up. Thank you to Mr. Ben Kenny. WIP in Philly. I, I the way I book guests on this show is kind of dumb because it's only two hours, and I like taking lots of calls. And the show's basically done. Like it's it's so short, so I don't often like I'm not booking guests weeks in advance, right? A lot of times it's the morning of or the day before. I'm like I'm gonna talk about this, this, and this. Oh, that screams Peter Bukowski. That screams Ben Kenny. That screams Bart Winkler. You know what I mean? which is, is probably something I need to do better because then it's it's just people I know and that I'm friends with. But that makes for good conversation. I don't appreciate Ben talking about the Big Ten West. I don't want the playoff to expand. I got a tweet from Vagabond John during that last segment. I want to talk about it. This is the perfect thing to wrap the show up. It says, Iowa-Nebraska game meant nothing this season. Next season, good chance one has a shot at the 12th spot in the playoff. And our friend Bodie replied to that and said, so the Iowa-Nebraska game will be nothing next year too. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be someone that puts a lot of stock in, well, we made the playoff. Well, yeah, but now it's 12 teams. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the the Big Ten East, and, and, like, all these teams are going to make it. I I don't know. I need a Saturday game in September to feel like it means the world to watch. And maybe maybe that's a me problem. I guess that's a me problem in in some way. But the games are going to matter less with expansion, and I don't like that. Badger basketball tonight. We'll talk more Packers tomorrow. Badgers hoops, and I want to yell about Craig Council showing up at this Bucks game because that's scummy behavior. Have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow for.